Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City, and American optimism is down. Matter of fact, 20 points since May, and we're going to get to that a little bit later, but gee, I wonder why. It's because of Joel Baboso Biden, right? His Green New Deal, revising history, distorting the truth, reversing racism and calling it social justice. Spending more than we could ever possibly afford to pay back, manipulating the markets, the actual cost of labor, by paying people to stay home. No wonder people don't have confidence in America. Biden's fecklessness, along with the forcefulness of radical progressive Democrats, has rewritten the story of America. Kids are taught that America is bad, evil, and racist. The Marxist progressives want people to hate themselves because of their identity. That's why they push the idea of identifying you however you like. If you're an American, you should hate yourself. If you're an American that's white and you love America, you should hate yourself. If you're an American that's black and you love America, you should hate yourself. And if you truly identify as a happy person, but you hate America, then you've identified right, right? Because that's exactly how the left works. You got men identifying as women, women identifying as men. What? There's absolutely no sense in any of this. Now, I feel bad. For the young people of America, because they're falling into a trap of self-loathing disinformation. And by that, I mean, for so many teenagers, gone are the days of being a proud American, embracing the American dream of opportunity. Too many kids today are being taught that the government exists solely for their providence. Instead of Almighty God and the ability that God's given us to work hard, no, It's the government that provides. That's wrong. Young people are being taught that fascism is okay. As long as it's, you know, against a common enemy, then those people shouldn't have rights. This has even taken root amongst a radical fringe within the liberty movement. And I think you guys know what I'm talking about. You've got radical fascists that identify as conservative or as Republican who believe that we can violate somebody's constitutional rights because we disagree with them. Their want, their, their want or their will is to redefine treason to fit their own political and personal vendetta. No, we don't do that. See, what they did to Manafort was disgraceful. What they did to Roger Stone was unconscionable. What they're doing to the CFO of the Trump Organization right now, disgusting. What they just did to Tom Barrack for, uh, from Trump's inaugural committee, it's an outrage. We can't go around arresting people because of their political affiliation or because we disagree with them. And then just making up crimes to try and justify it. 
That is some third world Bolshevik stuff that we cannot be involved in. So don't buy into that hype that we don't like so-and-so. Lock them up. Lock them up. No, no, no. We're not that lock them up crowd. We shouldn't be. I mean, it's all fun and games in, in, in an arena filled with political people. But you have to know the distinction. And we'll get into that in a minute. But this is exactly what they did to General Flynn. Democrats have every right to be stupid and to suggest policies that we disagree with. We don't have a right to falsely imprison them the same way they don't have a right to falsely imprison any of us. Yet they do. And that sounds like Cuba and a lot like Washington, D.C. Now, thinking back a little bit, should Hillary Clinton have been investigated and probably found guilty? Hell yeah. Should Hunter Biden get a pass? Hell no. The moment we lose our civility, we've honestly lost the entire country. This republic is built on a framework of morality. The Constitution only works if we're moral. If we abandon that, we've abandoned the essence of America, in my opinion. A world where everybody's pursuing an eye for an eye is a blind world with no sight, no vision for the future. Yes, be clever. Yes, be adamant and be prepared. Yes, push back against tyranny and do it assertively, but never become the tyrant. Trump was such a great example of that. No new wars. In fact, he was criticized for pulling troops out and suggesting that we end operations in Afghanistan. I remember that. Biden does it. Oh, he's a hero. Trump does it. Oh, it's this, that, and the other thing. Who did Donald Trump put in jail? Yeah, it's a head scratcher. Nobody. What public trials did Donald Trump put any politicians through? Nope, he didn't. He didn't put Hillary Clinton on trial. He didn't put Hunter on trial. He didn't do any of that. There were no show trials under Trump. Did we see Trump actually even try to indict Hillary? Nope. He said, I'll leave it up to Bill Barr. I respect their work that they do. Let them do what they got to do. He never got involved. So obviously when you hear him talking about lock this one up and lock, he has an opinion and good for him for having it. But most of the stuff was just rhetoric on the campaign trail to highlight how nefarious the system actually is. You want people to see what's going on. You want to expose this stuff. Yeah, I believe it sh something should have happened as well, but it's very difficult to nail somebody down when they're the ones that make the rules. So they know exactly how to break the rules, especially when the people that enforce the rules are their friends. But this is how it is. Now, over the weekend, President Trump was speaking in Arizona. He was out in Phoenix speaking at the Turning Point Action Summit, and he had a few choice words about AOC's Green New Deal. And I thought it was apropos that you guys hear them. Check this out. And if the Democrats get some of the things they currently want passed, including the election of Corrupt Politicians Act, the Green New Deal, going to destroy our country, this Green New Deal. It's Green New Bull****, okay? That's what it is. No more windows in buildings because environment. You know, I always did great with these buildings. I, the bigger the window, the better I did. The bigger those windows. I wanted floor-to-ceiling windows. But they say you can't do that anymore. We don't want any more windows. It's going to be real hard to sell apartments, I think. We have a beautiful apartment, and for environmental reasons, we have not put windows in the building. Oh, great. Well, that sounds good. These people are crazy. Whatever happened to cows? Remember, they were going to get rid of all the cows. They stopped that. People didn't like that. Remember? You know why they were going to get rid of all the cows. People will be next. People will be next. Sadly, even in many red states, the rhinos are letting the radical left have their way on everything. You know that. In, in fact, I have to say this. 
In many cases, these weak Republicans or rhinos, these weak Republicans are worse. They're worse than Democrats. And you have a couple of examples right here in Arizona. And don't nod and don't say it because I don't want to get you in trouble. Maybe you can convince them to do what's right. But you have a couple of them right here in Arizona and nobody knows. And I'll tell you what, they're going to be defeated as sure as you're sitting there. They're going to be defeated in the primaries by real Republicans. (laughs) And I'll tell you this. What's so interesting about this is that he's talking about Arizona Republicans. And at this very event, there were Arizona Republicans there. Matter of fact, one of them was trying to give a speech. And in trying to give that speech, she herself was booed off of the stage by the folks at the Turning Point Rally. And the audio that I have of it is really um, very spotty, and she just keeps yelling, well, why don't you listen to what I have to say amidst the boo, boo. And it's it's really just, uh, it's messed up. People are laughing, they're heckling, all sorts of things are happening, and it's just like boo, boo. But what are you going to do? I mean, sometimes all you can do in a situation like that is laugh it off. (laughs) And that's what happened. She got laughed off the stage. But politics involves smack talking, just like you heard President Trump. And taking action. And Trump was excellent at both. He knew when to put on a political show and he knew exactly when to take decisive political action. I often cite his uh, leadership, his experience, his presidency as, as an example of what we can do to save America. Walking out of our comfort zone, sacrificing something, maybe running for office when we don't need to, right? Because nobody really needs to run for office. Trump didn't need to run for office. He didn't need to put his children and his family's livelihood at stake. But that's something that we can consider, right? Putting our children and our family's livelihood at stake for a cause greater than our family itself, our country. Trump can't be the only one that makes that sacrifice. I know you're thinking, well, Rich, come on, that's a lot to ask. It is a lot to ask. And America's worth asking for. I'm not saying that everybody's got to do this. I'm saying everybody needs to consider doing it. Because we're at a place where you've got leftist progressives from Colorado, from Boston, from you name it, that are willing to move all into the same neighborhood. You know, for years they've called them hipster neighborhoods. And everybody thought it was cute. They come, oh, you guys drink a lot of soy lattes, blah, blah, blah. Not realizing they're entirely changing the electorate. You've seen it in Hoboken, New Jersey. You saw it in Colorado. Turned a, a red state blue. Colorado, blue. They do it. Look how they got Beto O'Rourke elected. Y'all move to one area and then boom. And everybody misses it. They're like, oh, move here, but don't bring your your bad voting uh, habits with you. They're moving there expressly to bring their voting habits with them. But the point I bring up is if that's how they're going to change district by district, legislative district, assembly districts, whatever, they're willing to uproot their lives. They're willing to not have children. Think of that. They're sacrificing family by not even having one. That's the level of commitment we're fighting. Look at AOC, unmarried, no children. She's willing to put everything she's got, everything, absolutely everything she's got on the line to push her message forward. We've got to look at that and say, what is it that we're doing to match that? What is it that we're doing that's going to stop that? 
Now listen, I haven't moved anywhere. I considered it to run against her. I considered moving into the Bronx. It's about four miles away from where I live now. Ten, actually. I'm four miles from the middle of Manhattan, about ten miles from the Bronx. And I weighed it, and I said, you know what? Right now isn't the right time in my career to do that. So I did more radio and expanded the podcast, and we're doing more on TV, and we're trying to get this message out there the best way we can. That's the route I've taken, and maybe I'll do more. I've got this nonprofit in the works I'm going to tell you about real soon. We're going to continue to do what we've got to do to change the way things are going. But we have to be willing to walk away and get out of our comfort zone and do things and sacrifice for a cause that's greater than ourselves. And quite frankly, than our family. Because if we don't do it now, our family's going to be the loser later. Sadly to me, it seems like so many people think that you have to be a billionaire in order to do that. While I'm sure it helps, I'm sure it helped Trump that he could afford to lose $600 million while he was president, it's not a prerequisite. I would argue that all of the founding fathers put their lives and their fortunes on the line in order to serve so that we could have the country that we have today. Back then, they told it like it was, and today we've got Trump telling it like it is, and so many others out there. Although it's kind of like, uh, let's grab a beer and do it in a Queens, New York kind of way when Trump does it. But that bravado that he brings, he's still keeping it real. And to me, that's the most important thing, being honest and keeping it real. Anyway, more to come straight ahead. We're going to talk about that ABC News report that says uh, American optimism is on the decline. Plus, Biden and all of the embarrassments. Of course, we can't get away from Joe El Baboso Biden. So keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. This is America. All right, bienvenido, America. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This with an S and I want you to just envision this. Joe Biden coming out on stage. Now, you know, President Trump was just at this turning point thing and he was so incredibly received. I put some uh, the uh, videos on my Instagram story and if you want to take a look at that, it's at Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez with an S on Instagram. And we're trying to build that up so we can have all of the features that go with the Instagram account once we hit the right number of people. So consider uh, giving us a follow on there. But Trump came out and he was beloved by the audience. But then, of course, Joe El Baboso Biden. Joe El Baboso Biden has been a tremendous embarrassment. And he really, um, I think he lets us down time and again. But he was giving a speech for Terry McAuliffe in Virginia, who's running for governor, and uh, it didn't go as planned. Check this out. Thank God the governor of Arkansas, excuse me, of, of Alabama had one of the lowest vaccination rates in the country. Is now, and I give her, I, I'm genuinely complimenting her.
Well, good old Joe but I know, and I got I got her legs and corn pop and all those crazy things that Joe Ed Bubble. So Biden says, and it didn't go well for him. He says it's not a Trump rally. That's the only way he gets out of this one is uh, invoking the name of Trump. Joe Biden is really not popular. And again, we, we said we would talk about that and we will. But to me, Joe Biden's been an embarrassment on the world stage, uh, just internationally, because, you know, you've got people coming up to him, telling him, hey, Joe, you know, high five. They're playing him out. I think they're insulting him and he's not even getting it. His performance in Brussels a month ago. And elsewhere, it's really indicative to me of his cognitive decline, his weakness and overall lack of preparedness to deal with the issues head on. Biden thinks that he can resort to the political gamesmanship of his youth, muscle memory, to get through everything. But world leaders know, I think the people know, and people are telling him, and it's really, really sad. But ABC News, right? I wanted to get to that piece and I'm going to get to it now. ABC News is reporting that a, a current poll says that Americans' optimism about the country's direction over next year drops nearly 20 points since May. So check this out. Joe Biden completed 100 days in office as the country was optimistic about the coming year. But now, just after hitting the six-month mark, Americans' optimism about the direction of the country has plummeted nearly 20 points, according to a new ABC News Ipsos I didn't say that right, did I? According to a new ABC News Ipsos poll, a majority, 55% of the public, say they are pessimistic about the direction of the country. A marked change from the roughly one-third, or 36%, that said the same in an ABC News slash Ipsos poll back in May, May 2nd to be exact. In the early May survey, Americans were more optimistic than pessimistic by a 28 percentage point margin. Optimism is now underwater by 10 points. Looking ahead to the next 12 months, fewer than half, 45% now report feeling optimistic about the way things are going. A significant drop from about two-thirds or 64% back in May. The decline in optimism has occurred across the board amongst Democrats, Republicans, and Independents. Everybody thinks Joe sucks. That's me ad-libbing. Optimism is down about 20 points among Democrats and Republicans and down 26 points amongst independents. Now, amongst the Democrats, about 7 in 10 of them, or 71%, say that they're optimistic about the direction of the country over the next 12 months. All right, so saving grace within his party. But that's much lower than it was almost universal. 93% approval from Democrats on Biden's handling of the pandemic. So he's really suffering. Even with Democrats, he's down a whole lot. Now, in politics today, partisans usually are more unified in their support or opposition to certain issues or people. So, you know, this is ABC News trying to justify this. The optimism slash pessimism flip comes as Americans give Biden his lowest approval rating for his handling of the pandemic. Yet, a little over 6 in 10 or 63% approve of the president's response to the coronavirus, according to the poll, which was conducted again. They had a lot of plugs in here for by ABC News and Ipsos using Ipsos's knowledge panel. Now, although there's still a majority that say there's a nine point drop from late March for Biden, 
it likely reflects that there's growing concern of the lockdowns, that this could be reinstated and already vaccinated Americans could need a booster shot as the highly contagious Delta variant is now estimated to account for 83% of new coronavirus cases in the United States as of Friday. According to um, United States Health and Human Services data obtained by ABC News, the United States daily case average was up 47% compared to the prior week on Wednesday. The nation recorded its highest single-day new case total since April of 2021. So now there's worry about the resurgence of the virus. It's also apparent that when looking at how concerned the public is about contracting the virus, there's a lot of drama. According to the ABC News poll, 6 in 10 Americans are very concerned. 20, all right, there's more numbers than you need to know. The lowest level of concern that was reported in the poll here was back in March. So we're in bad shape. And this is because Biden, in my opinion, is just an expert at messing things up. You look at the pandemic, no bueno, right? He's not making anything better. It's coming back. You just heard that, 47% higher than it was. Now, can we necessarily blame that on him? I don't know. Honestly, I think um, that one may not be fair, but it seems the public is taking it out on him. But what we can blame on him is how he's saying we need to spend more money to get out of inflation, that inflation is just temporary and it's just going to magically somehow disappear. Well, Richard, take it out of context. He never said that. I realize he didn't say that, but he's not saying that he's going to be austere, right? And that there's going to be some austerity measures and and um, rate increases and whatnot to actually level out inflation. He's not talking about that. So, yeah, things are going to get worse before they get better. And that's not good. He is saying that he acknowledges that unemployment is being used to leverage the bargaining position, or at least in my estimation, that's what he's saying, of people that are pushing for a higher minimum wage. In effect, the government is tipping the scale. Strong-arming people, business owners, you know, extortion, I talked about this last time, in order to get workers more money, right? Like that whole... Ava Perone, Workers of the World United, says if AOC were running the country, not Joe Biden. Now, I know there's a lot of people that are on different uh, sides of the coin with this debate, whether, you know, some people are just hardcore, don't ever, nobody deserves to make more than $7 an hour, never touch the minimum wage. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I tend to probably lean more in that direction than not. But I think, leave it up to the people to, to do what they're going to do. You know, the market has to be free. But I understand there's there's a lot of contention here. And, you know, I, I'm honestly a little bit more radical than they are maybe in terms of uh, my libertarianness, if you will. I might even support the abolishment of any minimum wage, right? And you look at some of the stuff that Thomas Sowell puts out and you look at how people that were really the most destitute, the most downtrodden people at the turn of the um, of the 20th century people that were once slaves were making their way up north and they were willing to work for whatever they could get. Willing to work. In many ways, very similar to the people that are coming across the border today, but the difference being the black Americans that were once slaves were Americans, right? This is their country. The other people are coming here and negatively affecting our country. But my point is they were willing to work. And this this is a uh, an interesting conundrum. So... They were willing to work, and it wasn't until they said, we want to keep the blacks from undercutting us, so they used minimum wage the same way Biden's using unemployment. Again, as a way to extort. 
And they said, no, 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 there's, I'm not going to let small business owners uh, go with that guy versus this guy because the white guy wants to work for this much and the black guy's willing to work for that much. So instead of allowing the free market to be free, they said, we are going to put our thumb on the scale again in favor of the white man. And again, that was the Democrats that did that. So if you want to talk about systemic racism, I'd be the first one to venture to say that, uh, or maybe not the first, but I'm going to say it right now. The minimum wage is systemically racist, and those who support it should be guided accordingly. But of course, people would criticize me and say, oh my gosh, Rich, you're nuts, you're crazy, that that can't be the case, whatever. Bottom line is you look at so many things, all right? I don't want to focus on one thing. I want to focus on the larger picture of Joe Biden being a disaster. His obsession with doing nothing and just being Joe El Baboso Biden is hurting America. The approach that I wish he would take with labor with the free markets with so many things which is just let the market take its course it's kind of like what he's doing with america right (laughs) overall he's just like well i'm not going to do anything and we'll just see how these things work out they'll work themselves out and if not i'll just come and give a speech and say it's all right let him go it's not like you're at a trump rally i got hairy legs you know uh corn pop if you don't know if you're voting for me or trump then you ain't black and he'll just keep saying stupid things because he's relying on that political muscle memory and i think it's a damn shame that nobody's stepping in to stop it even kamala harris is silent lately because i think uh, she's been marginalized because they're very disappointed in her performance at the border so anyway we're going to get to the next topic uh keep it locked right there i am rich valdez remember to get at us on social media and thank everybody who has been dropping a five-star review and following us on social media. We really, really appreciate that. Don't move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. This is America. All right, what's up, New York? What's going on, America? Rich Valdez. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Valdez with an S on all the social media. Make sure you give us a follow at Rich Valdez with an S. And Washington's greatest hope for a political bipartisanship and action may be in the hands of the nation's most lethal outfit, the U.S. Navy SEALs. Now, that's a quote from an article by Paul Bedard in the Washington Examiner. And I'm going to read a little bit of it to you because I think it's interesting. In a show of political force never before seen, five retired Navy SEALs are running for the United States House of Representatives in 2022, hoping to join Texas Representative Dan Crenshaw, who's expected to win a third term. We all believe Congress is a place where you can make a sizable impact. And I think that's why a lot of us are trying to get there, said uh, first-time Republican candidate Eli Crane. I actually spoke with Eli Crane a couple of nights ago. He was a guest on Mark Levin's show, and I spoke with him before he went on. Let me tell you, nice guy, seems to be very genuine. He was a winner on the TV show um, Shark Tank as one of their investors, and he was just an overall good guy. He says, I personally believe that Americans, and that includes people on the left, are really looking for a group that they can understand that they can intuitively trust to do something better. And that's uh, Derek Van Orden, who nearly won in 2000 and who is again challenging Wisconsin Democratic Rep Ron Kind in 2022. 
Now, he's the old man, quote-unquote, as it says here in the article, the old man of the group, uh, Ryan Zinke, former Interior Secretary and Montana House member, he's running to return to Congress, said that while all the Republican Party faithful, the Navy SEALs and the caucus would have an outsized impact on bridging the political gap in Washington, it's what needs to be done. And he says, I'm going to win. And he's already been endorsed by President Donald Trump. He says, I guess I'm reluctant because I know what D.C. has become, but it's fixable. If I didn't think it was fixable, I wouldn't do it. We've got to learn to work together as a nation. I don't think the biggest threats are Russia, China, or even Iran. I think it's the division within this country, he said. So I think that's interesting because I do think China and Russia are are the biggest threats we have. And they're the ones causing Right. It's the the Marxists from these countries that have brought their ideology and bought people off professors, teachers, union heads, you name it, people in the media, entire media conglomerates, buying them off one by one so that they can become agents of theirs. And that's part of what we're facing. But the article goes on. What all three said about the SEALs, uh, plus Bradley Duke, who's running in Florida and Morgan Luttrell in Texas, is that they offer teamwork and a rich work ethic, saying, quote, I think a lot of veterans don't think through a red or blue political lens. I think we mostly see things through a red, white, and blue lens, said Mr. Zinke. So, Crane, 41 years old, already endorsed by conservative media mogul, the great one, Mark Levin, began his campaign this week with a provocative video that said his 13 years of Navy service proved he had skin in the game. And in an interview, he said, to be honest, I'm tired of seeing folks go to Washington, D.C. that are self-serving. They're not willing to sacrifice. That's funny. We just talked about that. They're not courageous. And I know that I'm a little bit different than they are when it comes to that. And so I'm willing to do it because I think that you can make a pretty big impact there, not only in how you vote, but when you're in that room encouraging others. Van Orden, 51 years old and a strong supporter of Trump, said that he is a conservative, not willing to give ground on principles, but ready to find a common ground on issues, a stance that's not very common in Washington. Saying, quote, a lot of things that the Navy SEALs bring to the table that other people don't bring to that same table is that you absolutely 100% unequivocally understand that we'll be focused on something and we can accomplish it and that we won't be focused on ourselves. Van Orden, who was one of the stars in the movie Act of Valor, added, if the left or the Democrat Party, however you want to say it, is really going to put the country before politics, I'll work with them every single day. Excellent. Now, Florida candidate Duke agreed with the team theme, saying, look, the only thing that I believe and I know is true about our community is that those of us who have fought alongside each other are brothers. We know that we have a goal in mind, and we're going to do everything as a team and as a unit to do that, he said. Duke added, quote, I think there's something that needs to be done and restored in Congress, and we need to do it now, today. And then our government. We've been able to create teamwork in ways that can keenly overcome obstacles that people would otherwise think we couldn't overcome. Yeah, I think he's right on that. Now, pollster John McLaughlin, big shout to John McLaughlin. He says, voters should embrace veterans and SEALs as candidates. 
America has a long history of patriots who defend our freedom and democracy in war and then return home to run for office to defend the very same freedom and democracy from within the government. And he told that to Paul Bedard in the uh, Washington Examiner, saying, quote, It's little wonder that the heroes who sacrificed in our armed forces are once again leading the way to defend us and sacrifice in public service. It's necessary for liberty to survive, he added. And I think that's an appropriate place to end because I think that's the end of the article. And I really enjoyed that article. I think Paul Bedard is always uh, right on with his column. And I think these guys are spot on in, in what they want to do. They happen to be conservative, but I'll tell you this. If there was a Navy SEAL that came out and said, look, I am a dyed-in-the-wool Bernie Sanders leftist, but I'm, I'm putting America first. I might listen to what he had to say. I may not listen for long, but I'd listen to what he had to say. But that doesn't seem to be the case. You ever wonder why they don't have any of these crazy left-wing Navy SEALs? Is it like a, uh, a requirement that you have to be a lover of liberty? I would think so. <laughs> I would think you have to love liberty. You have to love America. You have to be patriotic. You have to be willing to give your life for your fellow man and for this country. And that's to be a Navy SEAL. But there's so many things that you and I can do together. There's so many ways that we can have an impact. And those are the things that I think we need to consider. Now, I don't want to go rambling on and on. I always do. I mean, that's kind of what I do here. But I try not to ramble. I try to give you something that's factual and interesting and, and allow you to run with that. Today, it's been more opinion than anything. Uh, because it was Sunday and there was a lot of different news things, but I just didn't really want to get into a whole lot of them. New York City is an absolute disaster. I was in the city yesterday, uh, had a meeting at a uh, nonprofit, great guy over there who's running a, a charity where kids, uh, just a quick aside, I think it's a great thing because it's another way people can help, right? People are saying, oh, our kids, we're losing our kids. This guy, what he did, and apolitical, completely apolitical, he's a former chief technology officer, has worked for a bunch of big companies. Uh, worked for um, one of the Yahoo companies at one point, and he decided, you know what, he's going to hang it all up, get out of tech in that sense, open this nonprofit to help kids that were at risk and realized there were a bunch of kids that didn't qualify for different programs in New York City and created an online and in-classroom learning program in Long Island City, New York, where kids could go and learn things like music production, where they could learn things like... Um, how to earn money on the internet, just all sorts of really interesting, very relevant classes that harness the power of technology. And I just thought it was fascinating that he's teaching basically the principles of the free market and teaching um, you know, individual responsibility and, and how an individual can take the future into their own hands and, and you know make something for themselves. And he's helping lots of kids, and they have this big thing coming up where they're giving away laptops, and they've got sponsors. I mean, it's just a great thing, and I thought it was great. And I bring it up because I was driving through the city, and there's these little mopeds all over the place, and people are going nuts, right? So I think, you know, one of those people that does things, Curtis Sliwa, right? What did he do? He started the Guardian Angels Safety Patrol Group, and now he's running for mayor, and God bless him. I hope he wins. But he's out there putting his money where his mouth is, doing what he believes is right, or this guy with the nonprofit. He's out there helping these kids to develop entrepreneurial skills so that they can make something of themselves and learn something and feel good about themselves because many of them are coming from the foster care system. They don't have parents. They don't have families. And they've never been told that they can. So he's doing, he sacrificed his, his uh, tech executive career to do for these kids. These Navy SEALs could sit back and collect their pension and do whatever they're doing in their professional lives. And so many of them are now saying, you know, even one's a former cabinet secretary saying, look, 
I'm going to run because Washington needs our help. America needs our help. Washington is broken. So I don't think everybody listening to this needs to go and run for Congress. No, I get that. Personally, I do. I considered it. People uh, asked me to do it. They encouraged me to do it. I really took a serious look at it. And maybe I will one day, but I decided not to do it in 2020. And I get it. There's an impact and it affects your family and lots of things. You may have to move and you know you, you go into this 24-hour-a-day job of campaigning. Not for everybody. But that doesn't mean that we can't help those campaigns, that we can't become a part of that campaign in some way or start a nonprofit or do something somehow to make sure that this is done right. And when I say this, I mean America and how we move forward so that the optimism that people have is like, you know what, we're going to do better. And I do believe things are going to get better. I just happen to be one of those eternal optimists. I think that we need to really just not allow this partisan divide to distract us. I don't like the policies of the left any more than anybody else, but I don't get consumed with the hatred of when are they going to jail? We can't do anything. Our elections are completely rigged. Listen, I believe that there was a whole lot of um, tricknology, right, is the word that Curtis Lee uses, uh, that went on in that election. And I do know this for a fact. We cannot change it. There is no, hey, we found out that you cheated. Do over it. No, bro. It's not going down like that. It's not going to happen. All this hype where people are like, oh, Arizona is getting ready to decertify. You know what I say to that? No, they're not. You're not going to decertify anything. Just like I can't go back and tell my 20-year-old, I decided you're not going to be born. Can't do it. You could try to eliminate somebody, but you can't undo something that's already happened. Joe Biden's in the White House. There is no do-over. And I think it just it's nonsense that people rally around this concept. Like, oh, Trump is coming back in August. Trump is back. He's pushing for, for 2022 and for 2024 and whatever else he's going to push for with a, his America First policies and God bless him for doing it. But we have to jump on board and do what we've got to do. And that's just the point I'm trying to make. I don't want to get distracted by the riffraff and the the um, online chat boards and I heard on YouTube and all of that and all this stuff where nameless, faceless people give information that they heard, quote-unquote heard from this one and that one, a reliable source. That's just like CNN to me. Put your name on it, tell the truth, say where you heard it, cite the source, and keep it real. If not, keep moving with the nonsense. right? Because all this stuff about just crazy stuff, it just it's not for me. It's not for me, and it shouldn't be for you. Some people really enjoy that type of thing, and they're like, oh, did you know that so-and-so's son is still alive, and he faked his death? And Get out of here, please. People will start to believe anything when they can't prove it. If I tell you, look, at night, you know what really happens to me? I, I turn seven and a half feet tall. I turn green. I actually moonlight as the Hulk at night. I am the Incredible Hulk. People can be like, well, prove it. Or and some are going to go, did you know Rich Valdez turns into the Hulk at night? But bottom line is, if I can't prove it, it's, it's useless. Right, So, so much of the stuff that we hear on the internet is useless. You have to know what you're standing for. You have to know what you believe because if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. That's from Hamilton. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So don't do nothing. Rise up and do something for your country. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, America, I am Rich Valdez. And this, this is America. This is America. 